All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to part two of the Steelers preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com. Joined as always is Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer and editor, Dave Schofield. And we already talked about who we think is going to start, how much they're going to start, the impact they're going to have, all that good stuff. So if you missed that, if you're listening on audio and you just happen to click on part two on accident, go back to part one, check out the first part. We have a super chat here. Sean Manahan gave us $2, says quarterback Neil three straight times to see press punt. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, who needs to see Josh Dobbs? Just let Presley Harvin punt the ball. Can they punt on first down? Sure, let's do it. You know, I mean, instead of victory formation, just let Presley Harvin punt the ball. I want to see what he can do. Anyways, thank you, Sean, for the tip, by the way. I have some questions for you all. Now, these are questions that I ran by Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark. And if you know who that is, you listen to my Ride or Die crew. And he joins me every Friday. That's Mr. Michael Beck. He is the only, the only verified member of the BTSE staff. And boy, does he wear that like a like a badge of honor. I mean, he is verified on Twitter. Gosh darn it, watch out. Okay, so I asked him these questions on my Let's Ride podcast that recorded for Friday morning. I want to ask you all the same thing. Okay, for the regular season, this is not preseason. This is regular season. We'll start with Brian. Who is more important to the Steelers, Chase Claypool or Najee Harris? Brian, go ahead. Najee Harris. Okay, explain yourself. And it's got to be the reason why that you have nothing else to fall back on. You have, I mean, okay. you, you have the other guys there. I mean, we like what we see from Kalen Balage. We can see Ant Mac, but he's not going to bring what Najee Harris does. When Chase Claypool's on the field, he might be a member of a quartet. There might be three other guys on the field, including maybe one or two tight ends, you know, other guys that could catch the football. There's sometimes that he's going to be a decoy. There's going to be some guys th- times that the, that the balls are going to be going to Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith, Schuster, James Washington, Ray Ray might get a few too. But what I'm saying is you can make up for the loss of a receiver. It's still a huge loss. If you lose chase Claypool, but Najee Harris, you there's a big drop off from Najee to uh, Benny Snell, to Anthony McFarland, to anybody else. Okay, Dave, thoughts? Yeah, just you said regular season, right? Correct. It's not preseason, regular season, yes. The answer is Najee Harris for two reasons. One, value above replacement. And two, touches per game. You know, if Chase Claypool gets 10 receptions, that's insane. If Najee Harris only gets 10 carries, we're like, why didn't he get the ball more? So go with the player that has more touch, which is funny because we don't pay running backs like they pay wide receivers. But at the same time, you know, right now with this Steelers team this year, that's why I would go with that answer. But I'd prefer to not ever miss either one of them. Correct. Yeah. Now, when I asked when I asked uh, Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark this question, I asked him, I said, maybe it's because in my mind, I'm expecting Chase Claypool to enter almost like superstardom status here this season. Like that really do have huge expectations for number 11 for the Steelers. And I think that when you have a player that, and let's be honest, I think he's the closest thing the Steelers have to a true bona fide number one wide receiver. You all agree? Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's why I agree with you all. Najee is more important. And that's what Michael said as well. But uh, let's go to the next one. So the offensive line, we all know the projected starting offensive line. That's not the question. If everyone stays healthy, the question is, is it the same offensive line that finishes the regular season? Again, if everyone stays healthy, Brian, what do you think? 
Do I need? Do you understand? No, no. Uh, I, I, I think. Uh, I actually think you're going to see one of them replaced. And who's your guess? That's what I want to know. I'm actually I'm a little worried about Trey Turner. Mm, and okay. so I just don't look. I haven't seen enough of the guy. I'm no, not. Just I, I'm, I'm not, not going to. Li- now I'm not going to listen to anybody that says after two practices that he doesn't look good. That was a whole bunch of malarkey. And I'm not talking about Mike. I'm just saying that that's, you know, give a guy a little bit of time. I just don't know what the whole season's going to be bring. I mean, the second guy I would probably think could be Chooks. They're loving what, I mean, it's a battle with Dan Moore Jr. I think Chooks wins that, but you know, there could be something like that. If something crazy happened where you were starting JC Hassenauer, Kendrick Green would definitely be the guy, but it looks like Kendrick Green's going to be the one that starts now. It looks like they're going to give him the nod. But I just have a feeling that this is not the kind of line that we've been accustomed to with Villanueva, with with Ramon Foster, with Marquise Pouncey, with, with I was going to say Alan Fanica, with David DeCastro. You know, with those guys, you knew they were constants. And if they were, if you asked the question with those guys on the line, you'd be saying, no, they're not getting replaced. These guys are, will be there until they're injured. But this is, this is a different, a different line that there's so many question marks and question marks have the potential to let you down. Okay. So Dave, the question again is the starting projected offensive lines. This is assuming that it's the five that we talked about earlier in the show. Will that be, barring injury, no one gets hurt, will that be the same offensive line they finish the regular season with? What do you think? That barring injury is the thing because, frankly, I think if the Steelers are going to change anything up, it would be more because of that. Well, I know that. I know. Because because the problem is, even look at what they did last year when they still didn't play Kevin Dotson in the playoff game because they were how they were with the guys that they wanted as their starting line. That's the biggest reason that I would say that perhaps – they don't but the reason if they possibly would i don't know that it's as much as guys not getting it done as it is i like i'm right now now granted it's the preseason but i'm really excited about some of these other guys on the offensive line like i said and a lot of people say in the live chat is there are they going to get to a point where they're going to have to treat dan moore jr like they should have treated um kevin dotson last year I would like to say, yeah, that you can't keep that guy off the field. The problem is, even as good as Kevin Dodson was last year, they still wouldn't start him if they if they didn't have to. And that's the only thing that's holding me back. But I could see someone like a Dan Moore Jr. being ready to go. I could even see B.J. Finney being a good, a good option at guard if things aren't working out with Mr. Turner, as Brian says. I'm still hoping that we can get the magic back with him eventually, and it'll take some time. And, Jeff, I have to say one more thing, because there's someone that are that's really upset about this in the live chat. It's my new hat. They yeah, I was going to say, please is. answer this question. My gosh. Okay. I'll lead in to let you see again. What it is, it, it's a black-on-black Steelers logo where only the top hypocycloid is gold. I That's wish all what of them. Is. I wish all of them were gold. It would look a lot cooler if all three of them were. 
I already have a black hat that has no, I have a black hat that has the gold with the black hypocycloids. It's sitting right over there, but this was just different and unique. And I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. I kind of, I thought it would go good with my color brush. So there you go. There you go. Nice new hat. Um, I, I actually think this is going to be barring injury, the same starting offensive line for the reason that Dave said, they're not going to throw Dan Moore in there. They're going to pull a Dotson with him. I, I still do believe that. I still do believe yeah. that. All right, last question here for me. Two questions. This is a two-parter. Who is the week one starting outside cornerback opposite Joe Hayden? Brian, go, we'll start with you. James Pierre. I, th- I think they're moving in that direction. I think they're liking Cam Sutton more as a, uh, a nickelback. So I think okay. it's as simple as that. Not going to disagree, Dave. Okay, I'll go say, can I go ahead and answer it? Because you say it's a two-part question. I don't know if you're going to then ask him the second part. I no, want no, no, to answer. get you your part one first. Okay, because I'm going to guess what the second part is too. And okay. that's how I'm going to answer it. I'm going to say, I think that week one, it's going to be Cam Sutton. But if we kind of go off the last question, if your follow-up is going to be, will it be the same player by the end of the season? I'm going to say no. Okay, I was going to my follow up. It was close. It was okay. going to be who's the starting cornerback opposite Joe Hayden at the bye week. Oh, the bye week. Okay, I'm even there. Ooh. Which is week eight. Ooh. Coming off of the bye week is week eight. It's week seven bye. Oh, after the bye week, I'm going to say it might yes. be someone. It, it might be different. Okay, so Brian, let's go to part two now. Um, who do you think if if you said that Pierre is that starting at week one, is he still that guy after the bye week? I'm getting such a Willie Williams vibe out of James Pierre right now where he was not. Is that a bad thing? Is that a bad thing? (laughs) No, Willie Williams wasn't bad. Like, I feel like when you say that, I I don't know. It's sometimes I I guess I I felt like, is that bad? No, that's a, I think that's a great thing because look what he did in that 1995 season. Oh yeah. He was starting opposite Rod Woodson. A lot of people don't realize that he started the season at corner and everybody's like, who is this and why is he in there? And I believe he had seven interceptions that season. If I'm not mistaken, he just, uh, he really played well. And I, I just have a feeling James Pierre, and I keep on wanting to call him Juan Pierre because I remember the outfielder for the Marlins and all those years, but James Pierre, was kept on the 53-man roster last year, and nobody got to see him in preseason. And they did not dare put this guy on the practice squad because they knew, boop, snapped up, just like that. Just like Deontay Spencer. That's still bugging me. But anyways, um, James Pierre is a guy that they looked at last year as a guy having a future on this team. And I think the future is starting now with James Pierre. They know what they have in Cam Sutton. They could go ahead and look at him on the corner, but it seems like as practice and training camp has grown into like what number 18, number 19, somewhere around there, they're uh, it's starting to shake out more with who they want to go with. Now you're not experimenting as much. So that's why I think it's going to be James Pierre there. And the guys that you're seeing now are probably the guys that they're looking at as for reals. Okay. <laughs> um, can, can I comment on Brian's? Sure. If I'd have gone with Brian's answer of James Pierre, then I would have said, no, it wouldn't change after the bye week. But because I went with Cam Sutton, that's why I would say yes. And I'm not saying that it's as 
that it's a problem with Cam Sutton as much as it might be. He might be the only guy. I mean, it seems like they're trying to throw an awful lot of stuff at that slot corner right now. They're even talking about using different players based on based on game scenarios, like a first down slot if they need one versus a third down guy, things like that. And because of that, I think you're going to see James Pierre on the field on the outside for when they need to put put Sutton on the inside but it might be that they need Sutton inside more by that time. Um, but it's all speculation right now. I just want to see them all playing well, regardless who's out there. My boy, Lustin Jane has been playing well. He's been getting a lot of uh, chatter and he obviously had the interception in the Philadelphia game. He had another pick in training camp practice. I'm not saying, Hey, people that thought the lane was getting cut. He's not going anywhere. Just so you know that he's not going anywhere. All right. Final question here. So we know that the Steelers created some salary cap space by restructuring Stefan to its contract. We know that Joe Sherbert, I almost called him Sherbert. Uh, <laughs> Orange Rainbow Sherbert was always my favorite. As a oh, kid. I'm a Anyways. big Sherbert fan. Yeah, Rainbow is the best. <laughs> Anyways, um, when you restructure his deal, they, they, they kind of redo it. Dave, just give us a ballpark uh, real quick. If you know, it's your head ballpark, oh how much space they have remaining. I have it calculated as 18.1, but there's a lot of things out there that are so sketchy that you have to just go off reports. Okay. Like I still can't figure out if Trey Turner's deal has void years or not. It's crazy. So, so I would say safely, <laughs> I would say safely 17, but okay. it could be as much as 18.1. Okay. So 17 mil in the bank. Now, like someone like Michael Beck, and I always joke because he's he's like, they've got money. It's like it's burning a hole in their pocket. Yeah. He wants them to spend it right now. That's not the question. The question is, what do you think, if you're predicting, what's the next move the Steelers make, if any at all? Brian, what do you think? I think it's Watt. I, I really think that they need to get that going. They, I feel like it's progressing towards that. We keep on saying that progress is being made. I don't think they want this to extend much longer. So I think they're going to make a concerted effort to get that done now as the very next move. I don't think that uh, we're going to get the, uh, the captain blue check Mark blue light special and go ahead and trade for <laughs> Stefan Gilmore trade for Patrick Mahomes and trade for uh, God. So um, with, with that being said, it's a very Michael Beck thing though. And, and Michael Beck, <laughs> And, and I love him. I, I, I love him. I love the yeah. guy. But, but he's going to fit everybody under the salary cap in that. I mean, yeah, he, he has everybody penciled in. I would love to see his Madden team. You know, I mean, I, I would like to see everybody on his team with Steelers. You've, you've, I'm sure you've got you've got Patrick Mahomes there. You've got Michael Thomas. You've got, like, all these great everybody. They're probably loaded, and they go 19-0. and 0. That might be a Matty Peverell thing, too. I think yeah. I think he does that with Matty, Madden, too. But, no, I mean, I, the, the next move's got to be TJ. I'd like to see Michael Beck's fantasy football proposed trades. I will <laughs> oh. trade you Jalen Samuels for Patrick Mahomes straight up. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a good deal. <laughs> no, oh, I'm sure he's been picked out of a number of leagues. <laughs> All right. Enough with Michael. Dave, what do you think the next, <laughs> what do you think the next dealers move is? Dave? It's, it's, it's TJ Watt. I know some people are like, well, Minka, I, Minka's not this year because they have him for two more years. It's not a very Steelers move to, you know, to do the fifth year option and then do the deal. Now they're, they're more likely to do that next year. It could, unless, they could unless even, it would save you a crap ton of money. 
Yeah, I don't know that it's going to save them a crap ton of money to do it this year because he's on the last year of his regular rookie deal. Next year, it might save him some money. I'm almost wondering if they're freeing up this money because the maybe Watts camp is wanting him to still have his $10 million base this year on top of the signing bonus. That could be, you know, that that comes with the new deal. Because if not, where, you, where generally the Steelers have, you know, um, league minimum, which for TJ would be 990K, and then everything else is his enormous um, signing bonus, then therefore I would think that, that, you know, you could get this done and it wouldn't, you wouldn't actually crush the cap. Cause like I've reported before, if he has that minute, if he has the, a minimum base salary, they could give him a signing bonus of $45 million and it still would not make his salary cap number go up for this year. But Maybe it's more than that. I I mean, if the clear in space in order to do that with Watt, that just kind of seems like that it's that there's going to be something different that we aren't necessarily used to seeing. So I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, I think Watt's deal. Do you guys think a Watt deal gets done though? Like Brian, do you agree that, that you think it does get done? It's not an issue. It's going to roll into the regular season. I think it gets done. Yeah, because they're not I don't see them going away from that that whole plan of like once we uh kick off in that first game that uh they don't do contracts in the middle of the season. I really think it gets taken care of. Um if it doesn't get taken care of, I don't see him playing week 1. Whoa. I don't know if that, shoot, Dave, what do you think? You think he would hold out? No. I don't think he would either. Cuz but... he's there. Um I think it gets done. Um I think if they end up having to cave, the Steelers are going to have to pay him money and not get him for as many years as they want him. You know what I'm saying? Um, that that it wouldn't that they might want him locked in longer than everything. But I I I think it'll be done. So the sooner the better. I, I have a I have a question. Sure. Mike Tomlin said today, because they keep talking about Stefan Tuitt, everyone's assuming that he's working his way back from the where he missed time, where he you know might not be as conditioned um, from where he was had so much going on with the passing of his brother. Coach Tomlin specifically said today that I'm not saying anything um, about uh, he's like um, he's like I know I'm trying to read exactly of where he's like, he doesn't have to report on it this time of year. So he's not going to say anything about it. So it's kind of like, does that mean there is also an injury that he's dealing with? My question is, is there, is there a possibility where Stefan to ends up on the 53 man roster for one day and then it ends up on injured reserve to where he could then return after three weeks. It's possible. I, 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 no one knows, like you said, is he actually hurt or are they letting, giving yeah. him time off? You know, we obviously had the horrible story of his brother being oh, killed oh. by the hit and run down in Georgia. I mean, it's been traumatic. And, and you, when you piece together these, you know, not just players, but also like Keith Butler interviews where he's talking about him and Butler does not, he, and he's pretty, he's pretty honest guy. He doesn't sound like he's too sure that it's guaranteed he'll be ready. I don't know, Brian, what do you think? I I think everything that you both are saying uh, is warranted. I think I I really think it has a lot of merit. Um, yeah, we don't know what's going on, but I like Dave the way he approached this whole thing and said that you know Mike Tomlin doesn't have I don't have to talk about it. So yeah, that's a way 
that we look into things and and we man everybody if you've got any yinzer in your blood you're gonna speculate so yeah. i mean you go down some crazy roads too but this isn't that crazy of a road i i actually think that this this is something that i didn't even think of before now i'm going oh no maybe he's hurt yeah well let, let me let me ask you all this is going back to watt for a second there's a lot of people in the live chat right now on youtube that are like you know how much money would you pay him to me it comes down to one question and one question only it's a yes or no question i'll ask you both it do you think that tj watt is a generational talent and when i say generational talent meaning it comes around once in a generation and the only player that i truly feel that i have seen that is a generational talent play for the pittsburgh steelers in my life has been troy palomalu Brian, do you think that TJ Watt is a generational talent? I thought Rod Woodson was too, actually. Um, Give me that. But so I actually think he is because I have. Uh, let's throw this number out. I believe he has, if I'm not mistaken, I think he has 49 and a half sacks. Is that correct, Dave? And that's that's for four years. And 80.5 is the team record. That's. James Debo Harrison's record. And on the route that he's going right now, he can go ahead. He can break that tie that record or even break that in three seasons with the number of sacks that, that he racks up. I mean, surely the guy can get 32 sacks in three seasons, the way he has been playing. So he could be the all time sack master in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform like that. We have never seen anything like that. We have not had guys that get to the quarterback like this since the 70s. And those guys, you know, I know they're giving them their, their sack numbers now, but I still don't know how accurate that is. They probably have more than that. Some sacks were probably lost in the whole uh, in the whole abyss of not recording them until 1982. So I would definitely say TJ Watt is a definitely a generational talent for the Pittsburgh Steelers and you you don't you regret letting a guy like this go. Yes, and so I'll Dave I'll give you a chance to answer this in a second, but generational talents you do not let walk no matter what. Like never. Like Rod Woodson if that's like a that would be a perfect example of what not to do. What not to do. Yes, that you're exactly correct. Do you think that he is TJ Watt is a generational talent? It's funny because when you get through the NFL offseason and things like that, you can almost convince yourself of any ridiculous notion. And some people have. And I know there's even people saying we need to trade him. I mean, my own father told me they should trade him for draft picks. I'm like, yeah, that's the way the Steelers handle things. That's what they normally do. No, it's not. Um, but I'm saying, you know, you could try to make any argument you want, but I'm saying what really comes down to it, come on, think about the the actual good data put in front of you. Yes, he's a generational talent. And Brian, I looked it up and Jeffrey confirmed in the live chat, it's 49 and a half through his four seasons. And he's only gotten better every single year. And he yep. has an extra game this year if he if he plays. I, I think they get a deal done. But let's just leave it at that. You ready for some over-under? Oh, yes, a resounding yes. Yay! Yay! Before you do that, can I just say that Jeffrey Benedict ratted us out to <laughs> back on the Slack channel? I know. Yeah, I was I reading mean, and not listening to Jeff. He's like, wow. they're crushing you. I said, no, we're celebrating the glory of Michael Beck. 
Captain Blue check marks. Yeah. Come on. I, I know Mr. you're your Mr. Captain Captain partners, Blue. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Mr. And, and here's me caring. Yeah. yeah. Benedict exactly. just made the list, though. I'm yeah. <laughs> you're on the list. All right. Let's do some over-under real quick on this preseason game coming up, the third preseason game for the Steelers. Over-under Ben Roethlisberger touchdowns. The line is set at a half of a touchdown. Brian, do you going over or under? Oh, he's getting one. Oh, very nice, Dave. Yeah, I'll go over. I'm going to go under. I don't think he throws one. All right, let's go with defensive sacks. This is game totals. I have the line set at three and a half. Brian, over, under. I'm going to do what I did last week and say under, and they get three. All right, Dave. Yeah, I'm going to. Hmm. I, I like Brian's number of three. I think I'll go with that one. I'm going to go over with four. I'm going to go over with four. Here's an, here's two about Najee Harris. Najee Harris rushing yards. I'm going to have the line set at 38. Brian, over, under. I can see him getting slightly under with maybe about 30, 35. Okay. What about you, Dave? I'm going over. I'm going 44 yards on Ooh. eight carries. Nice. I love that. Uh, oh, that's beautiful. I'm going to go over with 40. And because I, I think he's going to play longer than we think, I think he'll play more than a quarter. Uh, let's go with Najee Harris total yards, fifty-one. So this is rushing and receiving. Brian, what do you think? Over under? You know what? I I could actually see him breaking a a pass. So let's go over. I can see him, you know, taking a screen pass for a good twenty-five yards. Okay, Dave. He only needs eight yards in receptions, based on what I said. So I'm going over. I'm going to go over as well, thinking that he gets a, like a little bubble screen or maybe they get him out in the flat and he makes someone miss. Dwayne Haskins touchdowns, one and a half. Over, under, Brian? Under, I'm giving him one. Okay, Dave? Under, I'm not sure that if he'll even get one. I'm not sure how much time he's going to get in this game. I think they might save more time really? for him in the next one. Well, he'll, he'll I mean, if four, if four quarterbacks are playing, somebody's basically going to either get one drive or nothing. Well, you know Dobbs is getting nothing. Yeah. Well, if they don't give him anything this week, then I think they got to give it to him next week. Yeah, of course. So I wouldn't – I mean, if Ben doesn't play the following week, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was only two quarterbacks this game and two quarterbacks the next game. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think they're doing it that way. So you said under, though, Dave. Yeah, I said under. I'm going to go over. I think he throws two. And I think that it's just going to light Steelers' Twitter on mm-hmm. fire. Okay. Well, uh, that's what he has total so far. So. Mason Rudolph touchdowns a half. Over under Ryan, under. Oof, Dave. No, I'm going over. I think this is the week that Rudolph gets one and Haskins doesn't. Um, I know people are all about Haskins, and yet they don't like that Rudolph had a higher PFF score in both games than Haskins. There, but it's just it's just the way it works. All right, uh, turnovers, Steelers turnovers, one and a half. Over under Ryan, under. They'll get just one. Dave. You said turnovers, not takeaways, right? So offensive turnovers. You said one and a half. I'm going under. All right. I will go under as well. Takeaways, though. Defensive takeaways. One and a half stays the line for this as well. Brian, over, under. Over, they're getting two. Nice. Dave? Over, because they're better than the Lions. They are better, but I'm going to take the under with one, just because I feel like sometimes it's kind of the luck of the draw. And the last one, I don't know why this came to mind. I was thinking about this player, old Patty Fryermuth. Patty Farmuth receptions set at three and a half over under just receptions, not touchdowns, not three yards, and a half. three and a half. Brian. Three. I just don't see him getting 
too many too many uh, balls thrown his way, but uh, let's say three. So okay. three, three and a half? Three and a half is the line. I'm going to go over because I think he – I would not be shocked if he gets a reception from three different quarterbacks. That'd be pretty nice. I'm going to go over. I think he gets four. I think he gets four. So, all right, that's over under. Who has trivia? I know Dave does. Did Brian, do you have trivia tonight? No, I do not tonight. All right, Dave, go ahead. My trivia might be pretty simple, but but uh, I'm going to do it. You guys probably know this, and it's okay if you do. But I just had to. I just had to see for sure. Yesterday was technically the 20th birthday of one Heinz Field. It opened to its first event on August 18th, 2001. I'm going to ask Jeff first because Brian probably knows it. Know what it. was that first event at Heinz Field? Uh, a Clark's concert. No. <laughs> oh, bigger was, than that. It was a concert. Yeah. It was a concert. It was um, a concert. I'm going to say, I'll say, I don't know, the Rolling Stones. Brian knows it. So I have to say, to set up Brian to answer it, People said hello to Heinz Field by saying bye 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 because it was oh it was insane. Every little step I take, <laughs> it was That's in horrible. sync. That now, was the very first event. That, yeah, that true. It was one week exactly before the first preseason game. Now Brian was actually at the first whole regular season game in Heinz Field, which wasn't supposed to be. No, by accident. Because uh, because week two was postponed in 2001. But the question is, is Brian's breaking up on us? Yeah, he's bad. They they had two home preseason games. Who was the first opponent in that preseason game, the first team that ever came in to play the Steelers at Heinz Field? Brian knows, so I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. I'm, I'm going to say the Philadelphia Eagles. You say Philadelphia Eagles, Brian. I'm going to say Motown, not Philly, not Motown, Philly. Detroit Lions was the exact first game. That would be correct. It was the Detroit Lions, just the say the only team in the preseason that the Steelers are facing this year, and the Steelers won that game twenty to seven. There you go. Will that be the final score this Saturday? We shall see. We shall 20 see. years later almost. That's pretty good. Good stuff. Um, is someone on this crew going to this game Saturday? They are not. No. Oh, okay. Someone was supposed to go, but then some things changed. Um, so okay. someone on this crew was not going. But um, <laughs> my niece and my sister-in-law are going. Yay. That's about someone will be oh, there. See, that, yeah. That's awesome. See, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Are. Mrs. Big Brosco. Is who's Very going good. to be there? All yes. right, awesome. All right, let's do any final thoughts, Brian. All right, you know, the final thoughts is everything is progressing, everything is feeling good. You know, as each week passes, I feel so much better about this Pittsburgh Steelers team. I don't know whether I'm I'm drinking black and gold Kool Aid. I don't know if I'm if I've been hanging out with Mark Davis Bryant a little too much on those joint practices, if you know what I'm saying, all I'm saying is that really, really, I, I really love what's going on here. I, I just, the moves, Kevin Colbert is in it to win it. Like Iserman, he could drink about 15 Heidegans, wasn't born oh again. Gosh. But if I was, someone take, someone take the back away from with Kid a little Rock, more man. love. And you know what? And Kid Rock, where's he from? Detroit. But with that being said, no, I'm really excited. I think this is going to be 
the best look at the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, before week one. And I'm really, I'm really excited for this entire thing. I also want to throw in this as a fact as a programming note. Don't forget about the debut of, of what Ian's talking about tomorrow at noon. Don't forget about the power half hour and don't forget about let's ride as well as every other single show that you are going to check out on the weekend. Um, really good stuff. We are, uh, we're out of our preseason. Our preseason's over. We are in BTSC podcast is in regular season form. We've got the entire lineup here. The, the next ones to come will be just stuff like pregame shows. That's, that's what's coming up next, but we are ready to go. All right, Dave, any final thoughts? I'm excited to see, like I said, and I've said this on almost all my shows this week, that I, I don't expect it to be a, a capa- full capacity stadium because it's the preseason, but I'm just ex- excited to see the most fans in Heinz Field since Brian and I were spooning there <laughs> in December of 2019. Um, that's that's going to be a welcome sight. I'm glad it's a home game when it's a nationally televised game on NFL Network because you will get the Steelers announcers because they do the announcers from the home team. So you will get to hear those, those everyone that's going to be watching on NFL Network. And when it comes to the Steelers overall, I just feel that since, you know, throughout the summer, I feel that this team has gotten better with the moves that they have made. And that's just really encouraging because a lot of times you get the training camp, something bad happens, you know, um, you know, catastrophes happen in the first couple practices. If you know what I mean, the Steelers haven't had that and they've been adding players through moves. So I feel like this team is, is even better now than what I thought it was going to be six weeks ago. Yeah. Hey, just so you're aware, like there are some times where these preseason games, they'll split it and they'll do half one half, like the Steelers broadcast and one half the Detroit. Really? I'm not sure if, yeah, they've done that in the past. Cause I, I haven't have, seen that yeah. for a while. Yeah. Uh, so don't be shocked if you get a half of Bob Pompiani and Charlie batch and another half of who the heck knows is doing Detroit games. Booger McFarlane now. I don't know. Okay. So uh, Dave, <laughs> why don't you send us out? Hey. All right. That's it. We'll see you after the game on Saturday night for a post game show. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you next week. Take it easy.